is because being sexually intimate with your partner is the most vulnerable expression of love and connection that you can possibly do. Have you ever wondered what makes the difference between those couples who absolutely love to be together and the ones who merely tolerate each other in their old age? Hi, I'm Monica Tanner, wife to a super hunky man, mom to four kids, relationship coach, and intimacy expert. My goal with this podcast is to help you and your partner swap resentment for romance, escape the roommate rut, and nurture a bond built on trust, communication, and unconditional love. Each week, I'm sharing the secret strategies that keep couples madly in love, dedicated, and downright giddy about each other from the honeymoon phase to the golden years. I'm on a mission to crack the code of happily ever after, and I'm sharing those juicy secrets right here because an awesome marriage makes life so much sweeter. Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to the Secrets of Happily Ever After podcast. I'm your host, Monica Tanner, and I'm absolutely obsessed with learning all the secrets to living happily ever after as intimate friends and sharing those secrets with you. So it's really hard to believe that for four and a half years with just a couple of breaks, I have not missed any weeks of showing up and podcasting. So 200 episodes later, here we are. And it's so funny because I go back and I listen to those initial episodes and I totally cringe at how A, I had no idea what I was doing. B, the editing is absolutely horrible. I like literally cut off words, but I think all the time I should just delete those episodes, but I will never do it because it is part of my journey, finding my voice and learning how to do this. And so I take you with me on that journey. So if you're ever really bored and want a good laugh, go back to episodes zero, one, two, all the way up to like 30 and listen to how far I have come in my podcasting journey. And as I was thinking about that, it was such a good metaphor for anything in life. Before we can master anything, we have to start as a beginner. And usually as a beginner, we're not very good at something. And the same goes with these relationship skills that I've been learning over time and teaching to you. Because one thing that is so important to understand about relationships is you're not just born being good at relationships or not good at relationships. It's completely a skill set that you can learn, but you have to be willing to start at the beginning. You have to be willing to be bad at some of these skills and practice and practice until you become a master at them. And then they become really easy. So I have loved my journey as a podcaster, starting as a complete beginner, terrible at it, terrible at the editing and the recording and the subject matter. And even at interviewing my guests, I was a complete beginner before I started to feel really confident. And now I barely edit them at all. I just flip the mic on and start talking about whatever is on my mind. And it's a hundred times better than way back when, when I first got started. So I want to give you hope if you're feeling like maybe you've started working on 
on some of these relationship skills that we've been talking about and it's not going so great, just remember everybody starts at the beginning and you have to be bad at something before you can be good at it. Let's get into today's topic, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. So for the past several weeks, I have been talking all about the different types of intimacy. So the De Lorenzos call them pillars of intimacy. And we've talked about all of them culminating in this sexual intimacy, which is so, so important. Now, my calling is to teach people how to live together happily ever after, creating an intimate friendship. And there's a lot involved in that, which we've been talking about over the past weeks. But I strongly believe that it cannot be accomplished. Happily ever after in an intimate friendship cannot be accomplished without sexual intimacy. I've also found that sexual intimacy is the thing that people struggle with the most. The people who contact me with questions and concerns and struggles in their relationship most of the time talk about either desire discrepancies or issues pertaining to sexual intimacy. And the reason why is because being sexually intimate with your partner is the most vulnerable expression of love and connection that you can possibly do. It's not easy, but it's absolutely worth it. Creating an intimate friendship is absolutely the best gift you can not only give to yourself and your spouse, but it's also the best gift that you can pass down to your children and your grandchildren and your posterity for generations. So when you have a healthy amount of sexual intimacy in your relationship and both partners feel like they are fulfilled, that their needs are being met, that their partner is aware of the things that they like and the things that they don't like, concerned with their pleasure and all the things. When you truly feel like your sexual connection is an expression of your love, when you feel safe and trusting in that environment where you can talk about anything, you can experience things together that are new and exciting and that both partners are really being taken care of and not one partner obligated to do things that they don't want to do just so the other partner won't be upset with them. And it's not a validation seeking activity where it's more of something that is equally enjoyed by both parties. When you're truly in a relationship like that, you are giving your children a gift because they're getting to see parents who are very much in love. And it comes out, not that your kids are seeing anything inappropriate, but it comes out in the way that the two of you look at each other. It comes out in the way you speak to each other and the way you hold each other and, you know, the sideways glances and the way you prioritize your relationship, the way you go out on date nights and you come home and you spend time together and they get to see that you're truly caring for each other in so many different ways. It comes out in the way that you parent. It comes out in the way you show up in the world, the way you serve your community. It truly is a gift that you give to each other and that you give to your children. So that's why it's so important. That's why I spend so much time talking about it. But because it is so vulnerable, it's a difficult thing to actually get right. 
But like I said, it's so very worth it and it's so important. So that's why I spend lots of time talking about it, studying about it. And that's why my program is called Training in the Art of Sex Bionage, not because it focuses so much on sex, but because when you have the two different sexes, male and female, and you're trying to combine them together and create this truly intimate friendship together and build a bulletproof marriage that can stand the test of time. But not only that, that you you can be happy together in your union and truly be intimate friends. It requires all levels of intimacy. And so I hear all kinds of excuses from couples about why they are not more sexually intimate. And they range everything from like they're busy with their kids and with work and they're too exhausted and that there will be time later when their kids are older or when they've achieved some sort of financial success where they'll be able to then focus on their relationship. And I just want to call BS on that whole situation because the The truth is, if you don't prioritize your relationship when your kids are young and when you're still working, that it does get to be too late. And you think the kids start leaving the house and you've got aging parents and there's all kinds of health scares. And it's time for you to truly start leaning on each other because life gets really difficult in kind of that middle age time frame. And if you haven't prioritized your relationship and you haven't been intimate friends and been working on that aspect, then it doesn't just come for most people, like in the time when it's needed. Usually it's too late and it's really hard to create something from nothing. And there's a lot of resentment and patterns that have kind of solidified. So that's why it's truly never too late, but I don't want you to wait until there's all kinds of programming and dynamics that we have to completely unravel before we can start putting that healthy relationship dynamic back in. So that's number one. I always hear like, oh, we'll work on our relationship when dot, 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 some undetermined time. So that is a really difficult thing that I would encourage you to not do. The other thing I hear most often when we're talking about time to be intimate with each other is that by the end of the day, I talk to a lot of moms who feel like they're just touched out and tired and that connecting and being intimate with each other at the end of the day is not optimal. And I absolutely agree. I totally understand that. I remember that. I remember raising young kids and like falling into bed at the end of the day and just being absolutely exhausted. And that's not good sexual intimacy. Another great resource I want to suggest to you is the Unlock the Power of Intimacy Summit, where we're going to be talking in depth with 30 plus experts in the field of intimacy. We'll be talking about all six pillars of intimacy, which include emotional, physical, financial, spiritual, recreational, and sexual intimacy. The coolest thing about this summit is that each of the presenters not only did a 20 minute interview about one of those aspects of intimacy they felt really strongly about, but we also put together 
a marriage manual workshop featuring each of our intimacy experts in the area that they are most passionate about. And they're sharing a framework or a system with you that you would be able to implement and use to audit as well as to troubleshoot the intimacy in your own marriage. So if you want to start with that, just go to www.powerofintimacysummit.com. So what I did for you guys was I created a download and you can get this download absolutely for free if you just go to www.secretsofhappilyeverafter.com backslash 13 times to connect. That's the URL you're going to go to. It's linked in the show notes and you'll be able to get this list of times to connect when you aren't exhausted right before bed. So I'm just going to read through some of these because I want to get your juices flowing a little bit on times that you could carve out some special connection time with your significant other. So here goes. Number one, first thing in the morning, my husband and I call these morning snuggles, and it's the best way to start the day connected and on the same page. So other people call it morning sex. Sometimes we call it sleepy sex, like first thing in the morning when one of us isn't quite awake yet, but we appreciate that kind of burst of energy to start the day. So that's number one. Number two is in the shower. I've worked with a couple before that they almost always had sex in the shower in the morning as they were getting ready for the day because they had tons of kids and they knew that the only time that they had together without kids coming in was when they locked the door and they took a shower together. Number three is after taking the kids to school. Now, when your ki- once your kids get a little bit older and all of them go to school for the day, maybe you can work your schedules so that you can drop the kids off to school and then come home and connect for a little bit of time before each of you goes off to work or whatever else you're doing for the day. Number four is a lunch date. I love taking lunch to my husband at the office and when no one else is there, we can sneak in a little quickie and it's so fun. So don't forget that those lunchtime times. Number five, afternoon delight. You've all heard this term before, but have you ever tried it? Connecting in the afternoon when nobody is home or while your kids are napping or watching a movie is tons of fun as well. Number six is maybe taking a drive. Make sure you're not being inappropriate in a public location, of course, but if you start to think about it, there's lots of places within driving distance to get away and have a little fun and connection together. Not to mention that driving is the best time to connect emotionally. I love long drives and having my husband right there in the car with me and talking about all the things that we have to talk about. Number seven, run an errand. Even when our kids were young, we would put them in front of the TV for a few minutes or have the older one watch the younger ones and we would sneak out on a little errand and connect with each other. And we always came back better parents after that little connection time. So don't underestimate the power of running an errand real quick. Sometimes even take that time in the garage to connect before you go back in the house. Number eight is during quiet time. So ever since my husband and I were first married, we've always taken time on Sundays, which is a family day, but we always have nap time or quiet time. And our kids always know that during quiet time, they are not to bother us. They don't come into our room for anything unless the house is on fire during quiet time. And it's the perfect time 
to catch up on things that we've needed to talk about, to connect, and to get some sleep. Number nine, have a shower before bed. So much like the shower in the morning, this is just right before bed, showering before bedtime. You can pair it with a relaxing bath that might get you in the mood or ask your spouse for a massage. But if you're worried about the kids walking in on you, just lock the bathroom door and jump into the shower together. Number 10 is date nights. If you follow me, if you listen to my podcast, if you know anything about me, you know that I am a huge advocate advocate of weekly non-negotiable date nights that should always include all the different types of intimacy from emotional, recreational, physical, and especially sexual intimacy. So date nights are the perfect time for that connection. And don't wait until right before bed. And if you do, be sure that you're ready and you have enough energy for that activity. So if that means taking a nap on date night so that you have plenty of energy for connecting in at nighttime, be sure that you do that. Number 11 is weekend getaways. So on the day we got married, an older couple whom we consider role models gave us the advice to take frequent weekend getaways to reconnect and prioritize our relationship. It's been really good for my husband and I, and it's also been really good for our children. It's good for your kids to know that somebody else can take care of them. So weekend getaways or longer trips are great times to connect physically, emotionally, and sexually. So number 12, wake up in the middle of the night. Sometimes it's fun to set an alarm and wake your spouse up with a little snuggle and connection time. You can be spontaneous and have some fun with this. Sometimes when I can't sleep, the best thing to do is just to roll over and seduce my spouse. So don't forget about those middle of the night moments. And then number 13 is get a secret spot. So my husband and I have a secret code, but we have a secret code and a secret spot in our home where oftentimes we can meet up for a quick little connection session and we've never been caught. But the idea of sneaking away is so exciting. So that is 13 alternate times to connect or make love when you're not exhausted and right before bed. Now, why would I make this list of 13 times to connect that aren't right before bed? The reason why is because this connection with your spouse is so very, very important. Recently, I did a Q&A session and several of the participants asked a question. Basically, they were all asking the same question, which is, what if our spouse has made it clear that they do not like sexual intimacy? And my answer to that question is this. Nobody hates sex. So either they just don't like the sex that they're having, which is very common, Perhaps they are not receiving pleasure from the type of sex they're they're having and that would make it so that they didn't enjoy it. Or they have some sort of ideas or programming that prevents them from thinking of sex in a positive light. So more often than not, this is the case. People have ideas or experiences with sex that make them not able to fully enjoy it. And so when this is the case, a lot of times it takes a little bit of work. Emily Nagoski calls this 
like a garden, right? So when we're born and we're growing up, we have this garden and we have no control over what is being planted in our garden. So lots of times there are thoughts or ideas or constructs about sex that are being planted in our garden and they grow up to be weeds that prevent us from enjoying this type of connection with our partner and the weeds choke out the goodness, right? And so as adults, we have to go in and we have to weed out the negative thoughts or the thoughts that are preventing us from enjoying this experience with our spouse, which is God-given. We've got to pull out the weeds and we've got to replant healthy ideas of sexuality. And in order to do this, we have to be able to look at where those ideas about sex came from and how they are choking out the good. And a lot of times this requires a little bit of help from a coach like me, or there's lots of others who help people do this. And then what you want to do is replant, but first we've got to get rid of the negative. We've got to get rid of the weeds. Once we have gotten rid of the noxious weeds, the weeds that are choking out all the good, and only after we've ripped those out, can we start to plant better positive ideas. So you can do this by reading books. You can do this by listening to podcasts. You can do this by working with a coach or with a therapist to really be able to put in these positive ideas about sexuality and about connecting with our partner. And this can make sex so much more enjoyable for both parties. And when I say sex, I'm not just saying one idea of penis and vagina sex, which is often the first thing we think about when we think about sexual intimacy. But there's so much more involved and it starts with our emotional connection. So something that would be really helpful is to go back several episodes and listen to how to supercharge your emotional intimacy. And you also want to feel close when it comes to financial and spiritual and recreational and physical intimacy before you start working working really specifically on your sexual intimacy because sexual intimacy is really important. It's kind of the crowning thing, but it's also the most complicated. And so you want to make sure that you're working on all of these pillars as Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo talk about these pillars of intimacy, but make sure you're not neglecting your sexual intimacy pillar just because you think your partner isn't liking it. If they're not liking this pillar, if your partner doesn't like sex, we've got to get down to why they're not liking it. Because not liking sex is like a child who doesn't like play. Sex is merely adult play. It's how we can express ourselves. It's how we can show love to one another. It's how we can connect in the closest, most intimate way. And it's also how we can give each other pleasure and relaxation and nurturing and all of those things. So I want you, no matter where you're at on this spectrum, to be able to enjoy your sexual connection with your spouse. It's so very important. And it's also very spiritual. Our sexuality is how we create goodness in our life. It's how we partner with God to bring children into this world. And it's how we create goodness in our life with our spouse. So if your sexual relationship is not where you'd like it to be, I would encourage you to reach out and connect 
with me, you can do that by going to my website, secretsofhappilyeverafter.com. Or if you'd prefer to work with somebody else, contact me and I can put you in contact with lots of other fantastic coaches and therapists that work on exactly this. But don't neglect it for any longer. If you had as much fun as we did just now, I hope that you'll head over to your favorite podcast player and leave a rating and review for the show or share it on social media. That's how other people can find this awesome content and we can spread the message that Happily Ever After is possible. Feel free to check out my website, monicatanner.com to find out more ways you can work with me. And as always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. We'll see you next week.